Simple Life Together, Episode 42, The Upside of Downsizing. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, we learned all about losing focus, and we shared a few tools we use to help get our focus back. So today we're going to talk a little bit about downsizing, yeah. right? So downsizing is a word we hear a lot these days, and, and honestly, I'm surprised at how often when it's talked about, it's kind of mentioned in the negative as opposed to the positive, you know, have yeah. you noticed that? Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with the term downsizing, well, typically we hear downsizing being used in one of two contexts. The first is a business term when people are getting fired or laid off. And the second is often when people are faced with retirement and deciding it's time to make some serious lifestyle changes. Yeah. And heck, I mean, sometimes business downsizing leads to personal downsizing. <laughs> right, I imagine I so. Yeah. <laughs> so today we'd like to talk about downsizing and share some perspective about four things. How downsizing is perceived, reasons to downsize, some benefits of downsizing, and planning to downsize on your own terms. And I think before we get into those four things, what we need to do is we need to first look at the starting point, you know, downsizing from what exactly? And when you look at most articles about downsizing, they're kind of home centric as opposed to stuff centric, you know, so they talk about downsizing. It's mostly downsizing their home, Mm -hmm. you know, they focus on going from like a big house to a smaller house and most things end right there. And while I think home size is certainly relevant, um, well, let me just throw some numbers at you on, as far as home size is yeah. concerned. So I did a little bit of research on this. Go figure. <laughs> and a- according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, the average household size, meaning the number of members in the home in the United States, has dropped steadily from 3.67 members in 1940 to 2.62 in 2002 and a 2.58 in the 2010 census. And the average size of new houses increased from about (laughs) 1,100 square feet, or that's that's about 100 square meters, through the 1940s and 50s, to 2,340 square feet, or 217 square meters in 2002. So that's more than doubled. Yeah, it's more than doubled, yeah. Wow, yet the... The home sizes, as far as family members, has shrunk. Yeah, occupants occupants have shrunk and the house size has gone up. Wow. And it's still growing. And the average new home size in 2012, anyway, which was the last time this was evaluated, was 2,505 square feet. Wow. That's amazing. So that's about 290 square feet per person in 1950. And... Up to about 893 square feet per person in 2003. Ah. And that's 970 square feet per person per household in 2012. That's a lot of space. Isn't that amazing? That's, yeah. Yeah, it seems, it doesn't seem that abnormal because we're used to it now. Right. You know, you've kind of, we've kind of grown into that size. But you think back and you look back at there was bigger family sizes and yet the homes were so much smaller. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> But, you know, when you think about it nowadays, it's, it's I mean, it's totally commonplace. Yeah. You have another child, well, you need to get another bedroom. Kids don't sleep in the same room anymore. So, I guess that's the new normal, yeah, really. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so, I mean, really, that's a lot of space. Yeah. And, and honestly, those numbers are that we just went through are kind of hard to absorb. Mm-hmm. But everybody has to figure out for themselves what size space is right for them, I think. And I just wanted to put the numbers out there. All right? I mean, I know our house is smaller than average, but it's still on... I mean, we still want to almost cut this in half. That's right, yeah. So, and you know, and you're right. It's it's what's right for that 
family or that person. I mean, maybe they do like prefer bigger, and that is totally fine. Yeah, it's just for us, we found that there's a lot more that goes with that. It's attached to it, so right. So we got the the size of the home kind of out there, but I think it's way more than just the size of the home that matters. Mm-hmm. Last year, way back in episode four. When, wow, that's a long time ago. That, this first time I think we said last year on the on the show, but. But we mentioned uh, Parkinson's Law, which states, work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. And then you may recall, I I talked about a few corollaries to that in the same episode. And one of those was storage requirements will increase to meet storage capacity. That's my favorite. That's what I do all the time. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And then one takeaway from, uh, from that show, episode four was that if you think your big home is a status symbol because you have all this extra room and everything, well, look out because if you're like most people, that status quo is going to quickly turn into the status quo. Right? <laughs> I remember you saying that. <laughs> so you want that big house because you'll enjoy all that extra space? Well, guess what? It's probably not going to last. <laughs> it's going to fill up, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we talked about that in the, the self-study. And why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, back in episode 14, we talked about that study. It was conducted by UCLA's Center on Everyday Lives of Families that focused on how much stuff is in the typical middle-class American home. And what they did is they sent a team of professional archaeologists and anthropologists and other social scientists to conduct a systematic study of home life in 32 middle-class dual-income families in Los Angeles. And so I'm going to recap here four highlights of what they found. So so these were just middle-class families. Mm -hmm. Dual Nobody, income. Dual income, nothing special, yeah. and they were in, lived in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Although, right? hey, we're middle class. I feel special. Oh, well, that's right. Saying. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. I don't want to say nothing. I retract that. Have that stricken from the podcast record. Let's stay objective here, okay? <laughs> With family number 27, they found 2,260 visible possessions in the first three rooms recorded. That was two bedrooms and the living room. And that didn't include untold numbers of items tucked into dresser drawers, boxes, and cabinets, or items positioned behind other items. And that's a quote from that's the a study, quote. right? Yes. Then in another home, family number one... They looked at a display shelf in a girl's bedroom and found 165 Beanie Babies, 36 human or animal figurines, 22 Barbie dolls, 20 other types of dolls, three porcelain dolls, one troll, and one miniature castle. That sounds so weird, like human human figurines. (laughs) But that was just on one shelf, a display shelf. And the other thing was the average refrigerator front panel in Home Studied holds 52 objects. The most crowded refrigerator was covered with 166 different objects. That's amazing to me. Yeah, and in most cases, there was a direct correlation to the amount of stuff on our fridge and the amount of stuff in the home. In other words, a more cluttered fridge equaled a more cluttered home. And the other thing they found was only 25% of garages could be used to store cars because they were so packed with stuff. Isn't that what they're for, though? No, (laughs) kind (laughs) of. One article called this the new junk drawer, and rightfully so, because that's exactly what it has become. And so uh, we'll have links in the show notes to a three-part video series on the study, and and it's pretty eye-opening, so I I highly recommend checking out those videos. Uh, But the bottom line here is that a lot of house is likely going to mean a lot of stuff. A lot of house plus a lot of stuff equals a lot of cost. It's like life supersized. Yeah, no kidding. So anyhow, now that we have a little background on what downsizing is, let's talk about how downsizing is perceived. Well, when I'm doing research on a, on a topic, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but if, if I know that we're going to be doing a show on, on something kind of down the road or if I'm going to do a blog post on something down the road, I use um, what's called Google Alerts. And um, it's a really great tool. I don't want to 
I just thought I'd throw a little tech tip here in the middle <laughs> of it. So Google Alerts are little emails that are sent to you when Google finds new results. So if you put an alert in for something, it'll send you an email when that pops up. So they're going to be like crawling web pages, newspaper articles, or blogs, and anything that matches that search term. And you can use Google Alerts to monitor basically anything on the web. So finding out what's said about you or your company, your competitor, get the latest news on a certain person or whatever. And I use Google Alerts to do some research on downsizing. And every day I get something in my email inbox about downsizing being mentioned or simple life or whatever. And often the links that show up in the alerts for downsizing are negative. And that's why I kind of started looking into to this, really. So I just decided to do a little Google search. And I typed, what is downsizing at retirement into Google? And, and I, of course, a bunch of results came up. But I'm just going to read a few of the first 10. Then, uh, and I'll put a screenshot in the show notes, too. But it's hilarious. <laughs> Let me pull that up. And okay, so the first one I want to hit is... Ways to Downsize During Retirement. And this is from Bankrate.com. So it's a good-sized website. And it says, At best, downsizing is sometimes undesirable. At worst, it suggests failure. (laughs) But it can be a smart move, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) What is that about? (laughs) Yeah. So, and then, uh, let's see, the next one I'll read is, uh, this is from AARP, the American Association of Retired persons or people or whatever. Yeah. So downsizing in retirement, moving home possession, moving homes, comma, possessions. This is from April 20th of 2011. Downsizing in retirement can be emotionally traumatic and expensive as well. <laughs> you know, and then these are just snippets, the ones that show up in the Google search results. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I'd rather go to the dentist and have like a, all my teeth yanked than, than downsize. It makes it sound terrible. You know? Wow, it's so negative. I mean, what a negative spin on downsizing. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, as we were talking about this, or thinking about this topic, I was like, you know, it really needs to be right sizing. I, I saw that on the internet, and I seen um, other people use the yeah. term, and it's, and what they mean by right sizing is to reduce to an optimal size, or or creating new surroundings by decluttering, eliminating, uh, throwing out, donating, and simplifying one's own environment to create a more functional home that better suits your needs. It's kind of like you were saying earlier. You know, if if that home, if you want a bigger home size and that fits your needs, okay, great, yeah. I understand. You know, but yeah, you know, let's let's call it right sizing because these people, you know, yeah, they're facing retirement. That's what we're doing now. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know it's it's to it's taking a bunch of different things into account and to and to downsize to fit what your current needs are. Right. You know. Yep. So so what? Why do people downsize? Um, you know, maybe we could take a look at a few possibilities and, and reasons to downsize. Yeah. Maybe other than retirement, you know, let's say you know I understand retirement that's a big one. It's what we most of us really think about. But maybe we're frustrated with or don't have enough time for the upkeep of our current home. Yeah, maybe can, it's just that's too much. Definitely feasible. You know, um, maybe the maintenance of it and the cleaning costs are too much. Um, maybe you're expecting a decrease in your monthly income and your family income. That could include retirement, that right? Could, yeah, exactly. Or the loss of job, which you kind of uh, mentioned earlier. Or maybe you're going to decide to quit a job, you know? Or maybe there's a lifestyle change or a business change like us. Yeah. You know, our lifestyle changed, and so we decided to let go of our land. And that freed us up with so many other possibilities and opportunities. So maybe it's just a decision that you're making towards a new lifestyle. Yeah, conscious decision because you're trying to reach your goals. But there may be uh, an instance where your home is not functional or not being used efficiently. 
and where you do realize it is too big. You're not really using space that you thought you would use, like that extra family room or that formal living area and formal yeah. dining room. You're not really using it. Or maybe you're empty nesters, so you're still relatively young maybe, and the kids are out of the home, off to college or, you know, adults, their own families or something like that. Um, or maybe it's just not well designed for your your current needs. Or maybe you have physical limitations um, and literally need to downsize. Like, let's take down a story. The, the upstairs <laughs> yeah, down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go from a two-story down to a one-story. And uh, Or maybe maybe your reasons for downsizing could be that you want to decrease your your environmental footprint. Yeah. You know, and that's a very legitimate Whatever reason. your individual reasons yeah. are, there's lots of reasons. It's not just retirement. Yeah, so those are just some things that we thought yeah. of other reasons to downsize other than just retirement or that right. traumatic retirement experience. Yeah, all those <laughs> traumatic things that you find on the web. Yeah, and you'll notice that those reasons that, that I just mentioned seem like pretty legitimate ones and not so negative, I don't think. I don't think so either. You know? They seem deliberate to me. Yeah, exactly, Where and so, that's the key. Sometimes it's like... Sometimes a lot of these things as they're written out is, is I get my Google alerts in or if I'm doing research on it, it, seem, it seems like, oh, it's a traumatic event that, that you, you're reacting to as opposed to something that you've planned for mm-hmm. and are taking deliberate steps to achieve. Yeah, and those deliberate steps are usually towards some type of a benefit of downsizing, Absolutely, I yeah. think. And so that's probably a good lead in to talk about the next yeah. topic here is, you know, what are some of the benefits of downsizing? And I think what comes to mind first is saving money. And that you're now able to direct that savings towards other important goals of yours. Or maybe there's a necessity that you need to save money because of either quitting the job or a loss of income or whatnot. Right. So, um, But another benefit of downsizing is that you'll probably save a lot of time down the road. Just like those, those alerts that you got, talking yeah. about how it could be so frustrating. Well, probably it's because... Now they're forced into a position where they have yeah, to downsize. they're reacting to it. Yes, yep. and now it's a knee-jerk reaction, and that does cause a lot of stress. Other benefits of downsizing, things tend to run more efficiently, at least kind of my opinion. You know, there's less to care for. And when there's less to care for, there's less stress and confusion, I think. I agree. Of having to deal with everything and manage everything. Um, a smaller home equals smaller utility bills, usually. Typically, yeah. If it's a well-built, you know, same type of home as far as insulation and all that good stuff. Smaller size obviously means smaller utility bills. Another thing is you can decrease the chance of a major inconvenience to your loved ones having to help you downsize if you wait until you have to downsize. I've actually worked with clients in this type of situation where their their parents or family members were forced like into a, a nursing home or assisted living or passed away or, or passed away yep. and ex- exactly and then now they're forced to deal with massive amount of possessions and and a home with all these things in it and stuff. So that can be very frustrating. And, and so it's, you know, why not try to downsize along the way before you get to that type of situation? Things that make me think about, you know, being a, being from a military background, you know, you help your friends move a lot. Yeah. And it's just something you do. I mean, nobody likes to help anybody else move. <laughs> no. Because it really is a pain, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a lot of work. Not for and someone like me, though. I well, enjoy I, know, I know you like it. But, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you hate to even ask friends to help you move. Yeah, because you know that, you're right, you know that it can be tiring, exhausting. Yeah, they can't say no. They'll yeah. only do so much for beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, but... It's got to be even worse when you're, you know, if you're going, if you're downsizing, you know. Yeah, when you're the one asking for the help, yeah. Yeah, you're moving an entire household and anyhow. Well, here's another benefit of downsizing is that it can give you a sense of control, especially if you're doing it on your terms as opposed to waiting until you have to downsize like we were just talking about. Right. 
which again causes that undue stress and resentment and just, you know, a host of other negative things. So if you're downsizing on your own terms, that can be a total benefit to you. And then watch out for some unexpected positive side effects of downsizing, which are some things that we have noticed. It's a funny thing. When you downsize, it starts to simplify a lot of other areas of your life overall. Yeah. And, and when you simplify, it just seems like you're more focused on your life goals. You're more deliberate with your purchases and you're more in tune with what's important to you, like family and relationships and things like that. Right. And I'm talking from personal experience. You know, over this past year, almost, I guess, a year and a half now of, of our downsizing efforts, I have just, I feel like I am just so much more focused like lighter. on... What's that? Lighter. Lighter. Well, yeah. yeah, lighter. I just feel like I'm way more focused on what I want and what I think we want as a family. And, and it's just... It's hard to describe, except that it's almost like an awakening to me. Right. It's just like, wow, it's so cool. And that's why we're doing this podcast to share with you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. so, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the planning part of downsizing, the downsizing on your own terms, yeah. right? You know me, I'm a, I'm a planner. And I've always said we want to do things left of the line. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show, but I know that when you and I talk, yeah. I said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's maximize everything we can do left of the line. And what I mean by that is if you have a timeline that goes from left to right, you have some point on that timeline that is the execution, the start time, mm-hmm. right? So there's things you can do left of the line before that start time mm-hmm. that, that aren't under a time constraint or whatever because everything to the right of the line Usually there's a time constraint to it. Yeah. Like let, let's just take, I guess, moving or something, for instance. If you have a start time in the center of a timeline, everything left of the line, that, that line that goes all the way back to the past, right? Everything left of that is time that you had to get things ready to get prepare, prepared, right? right? And then when it comes time to execute, usually after that execute point, that start time, you have time constraints, you, you only have the moving van for two days. Mm-hmm. You only have people available to help for a finite amount of time. Right. You have to vacate your old house by a certain amount of time because somebody else is going to move in. You have so to start all, your new job at this exactly. time. You've got to be in place. Right. <laughs> so you got all of those things right of the line. Right. So, so I think it's best to start things left of the line. And when I started really looking into the whole downsizing subject, I guess I should say, but but more so how it's the things we talked about, how it's such so negative on the internet. I started thinking about, well, if you do it on your own terms, it's certainly not a negative. And everything that, that right. was released that I could find was really house-centric and right. not stuff-centric. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, let's downsize the house. Well, then what do you do with all this stuff? Now you're forcing yourself into making decisions again even if it's on your own timeline if you focus on the house first you're going to be left with all the stuff that's in the house and now you're still going to be forced with making decisions on all those things Mm. well why not flip that around and like we're doing with edit and forget it you know you get rid of things now all of that is left of the line and then and then everything it fits in the house you have now and it'll Mm -hmm. fit into your goal house too whatever that that the place you're going to be moving to is. And so you don't have all of those time constraints of moving so much stuff. Right. Or where do I put it for now? Do I get temporary storage or yeah. what have you? So I think the first thing I would recommend is to look at it from a stuff-centric point of view versus a house-centric point of view That's a good point. initially. Yeah. The other thing is for planning on downsizing on your own terms is 
if you wait to a certain point where you have to act, you're now in reaction to market forces when it comes mm-hmm. to selling your house. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who's, had, who's tried to sell a house in the last four years, here in the United States anyway, you know, was in for a very rude awakening. Thankfully, some other countries didn't have, the, didn't have this housing crunch like we did, you know, especially our friends up north in Canada and so forth. Their real estate, as far as I know, has been pretty, pretty solid. But if you can time this yourself mm-hmm. to maximize the return that you'll get in that market shift, right. you know, you're going to be much, much better off. So those are just a couple of things that I wanted to hit on uh, downsizing on your own terms. But you probably have some too, right? I do. And I think one of the good things is when you start doing it on your own terms is that you start to look at your own life goals. And I think it's actually probably a good place to start too. You're talking about stuff-centric. I think even before that, it's probably starting with what are your goals? Uh, what does that end state that we always talk about start with the end in mind? Um, because chances are, if you're even thought, thinking about downsizing, there's probably some driving force behind that, you know, or like for Dan and I, we had been thinking about downsizing for a while. All these little things, it was that intersection of preparation and opportunity we talked about yeah. where these things were happening in our lives and we didn't realize it, but all the arrows were pouring towards, you know what, so you, you need to simplify your life and whatnot. So anyhow, that just had us, that made us really look at our life goals. And I think if you do that, if you're staying in this current home, let's say you were in a big home and it's, it's really absorbing, you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're not able to save as much as you'd like, you know, well, let's look at that. Look at what are your goals? Do you need to save money for your children's retirement or I'm sorry, children's college or are you looking at um, a different type of lifestyle when you do retire or lifestyle now like Dan and I have? Like, we feel like we're doing little mini retirements here. So look at that. I think it's, I think when you're planning on your, to downsize your own terms, look at your life goals first. Right. And part of that too is that that forces you to look at your finances, which is another thing I would suggest, is really take a hard look at your finances and see where your money really is going to. Because maybe the house isn't the issue. Yeah, don't be scared. Maybe it's too much <laughs> shopping. Maybe it's yeah. going out too much or out to eat or whatever. Maybe it's different habits that are kind of you know crunching the, the pocketbook there. But look at your finances. And when you do that, you really start to, it starts to open your eyes. Um, you might be a little ashamed at first <laughs> or a little like tough on yourself. You're just like, I can't believe I spent all that money. That's natural. But, but it is natural. And you know what? Go ahead, beat yourself up quickly and then get over it and move on. Because at least you're making the step to, to take a look at it. Right. Um, but I would definitely recommend looking at your finances. Right. And I think you also need to list your must-haves in your life, you know, for what you want that, that new home to be. Right. Right. And then work backwards from there to eliminate the excess. Like we know now, we have a lot of, we have some nice furniture in our house now, but we know very little of that is going to move into us when, or move in to the new home with us when it comes time for us to move. That's, that's right. So we know now that, that a lot of that's just not going to be there. So we can make plans to set up the house accordingly. It's kind of like you were talking about with the take the stuff-centric approach as opposed right. to the house-centric approach. And of course, this is what I deal with all the time with my clients. They may be happy with the size home they have. It's just all the, the, the clutter and the excess that's all on the inside. So it's always a good habit, no matter if you're downsizing or not, to look at the excess and try to eliminate that because that in and of itself will help relieve a lot of stress yeah. um, and anxiety. But you know, if you are going to start doing that, take a systematic approach to it. There's no need to rush through this. Just like our edit and forget it challenge. I mean, it's a year to edit 2013 things. And even if you don't get 2013 things in a year, it's okay. It's the process of letting go of things and realizing the things that you really don't need in your life and yeah, opening underst- your eyes to what you do need. Yeah, understanding your attachment to things yeah. and getting over it. Yeah, and, and, uh, and if you get started editing things, 
just do it one room at a time, one area at a time. And, you know, it's probably easiest to start with things that aren't sentimental, like probably things in the garage. <laughs> like it's easy to get rid of that lawnmower if I've got lawn service or if, if I'm going to move to a condominium and they take care of the lawn for me. That's, those are easy decisions, you know. Right. But take care of the easy stuff first as far as letting go of things and then move on to the more sentimental. You know, that's the, the second most common thing that I noticed on the, um, the links that were sent through my Google Alerts was first it was house. And then it was the sentimental items. Wow. Your treasures, your memories. Get, yeah. They all said getting rid of your memories. I'm sorry, are they taking away your mind? No. They're taking away your memory? <laughs> you know, no, they're just taking away some yeah. physical representation. I don't mean to sound callous, you know, as far as sentimental mm-hmm. attachment, because you know me. I have, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sentimental about some things, you know. Don't let that get around. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, they make it sound like, like this, this is thrust upon you and you have to make all these decisions. Well, you wouldn't have, it would have been a, a nice, smooth process and probably a healing process as opposed to something that has a negative connotation if you would have taken your time beforehand to do well, it. Well, I think that is key. Like you just said, that it, they make it feel like it's just thrust upon you. But if you have an attitude adjustment towards this, it is liberating. Yeah. It is amazing when you downsize things in your life. And you know what? And it's not just the possessions. Downsizing your obligations and downsizing relationships, um, just being stretched too far with your different obligations to friends and family and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it. But you're right. I mean, there's this negative connotation that's attached to it when if you take ownership of it and you take a new attitude towards it, it's pretty liberating. Well, I think, again, you know, I like to plan. And I think that when it comes time for us to really sit down for, okay, where are we going to go next? We're going to do a big if-then analysis, you know? And if we live close to the center of of a town, well, then we may not need a second car. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. if we don't need a second car... Maybe we get another, an alternate mode of transportation, a little moped, or maybe we just walk or bicycle. If we do Xeriscape land, you know, yard or whatever, then we don't need the lawnmower. <laughs> we don't need the lawnmower. That's right. We don't need the rake. All right. Because if there's one thing I hate, it's raking leaves. Right? There you go. So, but yeah, yeah so a, no. a good if-then analysis will help out with that a lot too, I think. Yeah, so what do you think about as you're going through this process? Do you think that you should, uh, you know, how can you get rid of some of this stuff? Well, if you're already thinking about it, that's that's the first step. Okay, now you're making a decision to, to take action. But I find it easiest is if you just have a plan and you have goals and actually set dates to some of these goals. So line out the things that you want to do. Maybe it's you want to get rid of X number or you want to edit X number of rooms by such and such date, or right. maybe there's a certain amount of items that uh, that you have that you want to put on eBay or Craigslist, maybe set some time aside to post those. Right, or um, learn it, the program if you've never done there it There you go, exactly. Yeah. But actually, I've said this before, that if you have a to-do list or some tasks, you really need to attach a date to it and actually put it on a calendar and do it. Right. You know, hold yourself accountable to do it. Um, you can kind of work backwards. If there's a big date like that you were saying, you know, left of the line a type hard of time, thing. Yeah. yeah, if you have a goal of moving... Uh, within a couple of years or even a year, pick that timeline, whether it's the summer of next year, and then work backwards from there on the things that you need to, to work on to get it done. So I always recommend doing like a little backwards time schedule and yeah. and start attaching these tasks to an actual date on your calendar. Yeah, we're big on the backwards planning schedule. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> so today we talked about those four things about downsizing. We talked about how downsizing is perceived, some reasons to downsize, a lot of them which we think are legitimate. Um, 
some definite benefits to downsizing and planning to downsize on your own terms and how liberating that can be and how positive that can be. Yeah. So when it comes to downsizing, there really is a huge upside. So why wait until retirement to make the decision to simplify your life? You know, it's not a rule that you have to wait until you retire. You need to be able to do what's right for you when it's right for you and take some time to think about ways to edit all of that stuff in your life. And I know Vanessa said that if you take little steps every single day to shape how you want your life to be, the whole process is going to go a lot, lot smoother. And it won't be this big traumatic event that you see when you read about it online. (laughs) And the bottom line is the benefits are just absolutely huge. And And we've also talked in the past quite a bit about how we're not following that deferred retirement plan. Well, why defer the benefits of living life at the right size now and on your terms when you get to enjoy it? Right. And again, make some incremental changes to meet your goals. Sometimes you're going to have to bend with the wind a little bit. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You plan everything out. And the next thing you know, boom, your air conditioner is gone for the house, you know, that you're getting ready to sell and you got to install a new air conditioning system. (laughs) Ask us how we know. But but you just got to, again, bend with the wind. And as you're doing that, you're going to find little targets of opportunity to help you get rid of the things that are holding you back. So let's leave you with this question. Have you started downsizing on your schedule yet? If not, what's holding you back from right-sizing your life? Share your thoughts on downsizing by leaving comments in the show notes at simplelifetogether.com slash 042. We'd really love to hear from you. We sure would. Yep. So let's roll into the thing segment. And again, I'm going to go first, all right? My thing this week is the new Get Notice theme, which we switched to on our site. And I know Uh this doesn't have a lot of impact on people who are listening, unless they're going to the site and seeing it. In the past, I have used five or six premium themes over the years for the different uh, websites that we've had. And this get notice theme is by far the easiest to implement. And it gave me the look that I wanted, exactly the look that I wanted for simplelifetogether.com, almost right out of the box. And I was able to do some little tweaks for it. It's just got so many built-in functions. I think it looks great and it's in limited release right now, but I'll let you know when it's available because if you do have any interest I'm doing a website for that side gig that we've mentioned in the uh, for the side gig website guide. This theme absolutely rocks. Yeah. And if you're not a coder or anything like that, this this is the theme for you because I'm not either. <laughs> but it's yeah, Dan fantastic. Is, Dan's been pretty smitten with this program, and I have. honestly, the we're really happy with how the website has turned out because we've been wanting to update it for a while, and like we've alluded to before, we, we kind of jumped into the podcast and we we um we were okay with our the way it looked before. But we really wanted to kind of streamline it. Was just, it yeah. Actually, you know, somebody mentioned to me that the site looked nice before, but it was more one-dimensional. Yeah. And this just makes it look, it gives it a lot more depth. And I think she was absolutely right. And it's funny how when you make a, a change like that, how it's kind of redirecting our focus on the things that we're going to be presenting, right. you know, and making available on like the we website. Said, more videos, more blog posts, yeah. and hopefully more interaction on that stuff as well. Well, very cool. Well, my thing is using the new iX500 ScanSnap to help a client go digital. Yeah, <laughs> so, lucky, huh? <laughs> um, this is pretty awesome, and I'm totally geeking out. And I'm, I don't usually geek out on this stuff, but uh, I'm really excited because I have a client who has asked me to help him digitize not only his files, but his father's. And so um, I, I've got quite a bit of papers ahead of me, but I know it's going to be so much easier with uh, the ScanSnap. So, yeah, you got Scanner um, Envy? I do. I do. It's <laughs> going to be tempting not to get it, but we are good with our 
old school. I don't know how old our scan snap is, about we, six years old now. We've had five or six years out of that tiny little travel scan snap and still love it. But you know, yeah, it's doing the job. We don't need it. A new one. See? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a gadget intervention here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I'm just going to live vicariously through, you know, my clients. <laughs> scan snap. So that's my thing. <laughs> Now remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter, or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplifies on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. All right, so speaking of scan snaps, Amazon still has that scan snap sale going on right now. And you can go directly to the models that are on sale simply by typing in simplelifetogether.com slash scan. And like Vanessa said, she even used the link to buy it for her client. Yeah, that's right. So, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, he lucked out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, platform conference. Um, if you are trying to build your platform within your company, industry, or field, or your business, you may want to consider Michael Hyatt's platform conference. And it runs from 3 to 5 November in Dallas, Texas at Omni Dallas Hotel at Park West. And Michael and his team have given us a special discount code for Simple Life Together listeners. So if you're interested to register for the event or just to learn more, go to simplelifetogether.com slash platform. And you can use coupon code SIMPLE to save $100 off your registration. So we are both going to be there. Um, we've mentioned this in the last couple of shows, and we are so pumped up to go. No kidding. Yeah, so it'd be really cool if someone else goes there, uh, another Simple Life Together listener. Yeah, it'd be awesome to meet you guys. That would be very, very cool. <laughs> so, well, we've talked about this last week, too, but you met Farnoosh Brock back in episode 19, and she is the premier expert on juicing and author of the Healthy Juicers Bible and her Green Juicing Intensive Clinic is open right now for $147. So last week we said it was on sale, but we kind of missed that window a little bit if you haven't signed up yet. So we will be sure to announce anytime she discounts the price on yeah. that and uh, just so we can make sure that we let you know. So like I said before, I went through the original class of this and I still take part in the, in the clinic and all the stuff that I learned there I use and I also take part in her private Facebook group as well. So if you're interested in juicing, getting ready for the new year. Mm -hmm. Just go to simplelifetogether.com slash juice to learn more about the Green Juicing Intensive Clinic. By the way, she gives out lots of freebies with clinic membership, so check it out at simplelifetogether.com slash juice or just click the uh, Green Juicing Intensive uh, logo over in the on the right side of the website. On the new website. The new website. <laughs> okay, and Edit and Forget It is still going on. We have people sign up every day for hey, the... Hey, let's face it. Edit and what? Forget It is always going to be going on. It is. It you know is. What? I mean, it really... We get so much feedback on that, how people making progress. So it's always going to be going on. So yeah. it'll never be yeah. too late to sign up. <laughs> That's right. So if you're interested, just head over to simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge over in the right column of the site. Very cool. Okay, so that's it for episode 42 of Simple Life Together. So today we talked about the upside of downsizing and we shared some personal examples and thoughts of, of downsizing and, and how we did it earlier than most. And we shared a couple of tools you might consider trying as you plan for living a lifestyle that's right-sized for you. My thing was the new Get Notice theme that we're using at simplelifetogether.com. And Vanessa's thing was getting to do a test drive on the iX500 ScanSnap. <laughs> <laughs> now, as usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 042. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're trying to simplify your life, too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your Simple Life Together. Simple Life Together.